Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, Missouri Training Institute. Hello. Hello. Hi, everybody. So let's talk about today's topic. Um, you know, as we're thinking through this, I had recently read a statistic from Gallup that said the importance of increased pay for job seekers has risen from number four to number one consistently since 2015. So it seems like an open shut case, right? Problem solved. Give your people more money and they're going to be happier. <laughs> yeah. Who wouldn't want that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so, well, it's interesting, you know, and, and again, you know, I, I love Gallup. Gallup has some great stuff, but I also see other um, uh, research that usually has has pay ranked a little lower mm. um, on what really drives performance or what drives employees in a particular job. So, uh, again, usually it's in the top five, the, the different surveys that I've seen, but um, uh, usually it's not usually the top one. Mm-hmm. So it is just interesting how that's kind of may have changed. Yeah. You know, over the years. Well, and, and again, talking about pay for performance right. um, as a motivator versus what are you looking for in a job, right? The importance of pay in a job. How important is it? Because we know it certainly doesn't motivate, um, <laughs> you know? Yep. Because there are some jobs you couldn't pay me enough to do. So how about that? I agree. I agree. (laughs) You know, that's interesting, Ray, because it's almost the same can be, um, you know, how often do employers look at, at flipping that, you know, because not everybody should be working for you, right? Yeah. It sometimes should be a privilege that, you know, employees want to work here. You know, um, uh, you don't have to hire everybody. No, no. And especially these days. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know we have more people than we have jobs. That's right. And so I think employers have an opportunity to be patient and hire the right people. Um, certainly pay is a consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people need um, certain things, right, for for their life. But um, it's not the determining factor why people stay or how you as a leader are going to get better performance from your people. Or even attract, um, you know, great people to come to your organization. I feel yeah. like in a lot of ways, and I think even Gallup said this in one of their articles, is that pay is that easy button, you mm-hmm. know, like it. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's easy to throw money at things. Yeah. 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 Well, if you have it, I guess. <laughs> and here's, I, I might even get on my soapbox a little bit and I might, you know, get some backlash for this. Um, but I even think about that in our personal lives. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, one of the things my papa hated at Christmas time was gift cards. Uh, because he said that he goes, it's just money. You're just giving me money. He goes, I want the time with you. I want the experience. I want you to, you know, spend the time picking out something and mm-hmm. and really thinking through uh, what would be meaningful to me. You know, it's putting the the time and the effort into the individual. And I think that that was re- that really kind of resonated with me a lot. It's a great um, analogy, it, you know, to kind of think about this topic today. Yeah, yeah. I just, and again, I'm not saying that gift cards or money are not good, you know, for, for gifts. I'm just suggesting that that in some ways we we do. We, we get busy mm-hmm. or we get stressed or we, you know, deadlines are, are approaching or, you know, oh, here's more pay or here's a bonus or here's a, you know, like 
it feels like the easy button sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at that, you know, I think Gallup also talks about um, sometimes how money is, um, you know, you're throwing money when the real solution is about, you know, leadership's poorly communicating, leadership is poorly managing or poorly leading people Mm -hmm. um, or not um, doing what they need to do to create the right kind of culture and accountability in an organization. Mm -hmm. Um, So instead they just throw more money. Well, well, here's, here's more money. So stay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as opposed to maybe fixing some of those um, leadership problems mm-hmm. uh, within the organization. You know, that, that's funny that you say that because whereas I don't think we motivate people, I know, you know, MTI is a team, we kind of have that philosophy, leaders don't motivate people, but man, we can certainly demotivate them. Mm, easily. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so even though we, you know, we, I can't do something that's going to motivate you, at least sustainably, you know, give you some money, maybe, you know, it lasts four weeks, um, you know, but uh, take away those things in the environment and then low pay certainly can change people's minds. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that fire in your belly, it burns out pretty quick in that that kind of environment. And, you know, I always get the the surprise looks. I was telling you all this before we started the episode, but I get those surprise looks sometimes in the supervisory certificate series when I'm, I'm telling our new supervisors, like, recognize this element of external motivation. So in this case, we're talking about pay. If too much of that is given... If, you know, we're, we're too quick to just hand out the bonuses or to increase, you know, uh, based off this, set the expectations in people's minds that there's something externally I'm going to do to try and motivate your performance, then actually you start weighing in on the intrinsic motivation of the people. Yeah. Excessive use of, extrin- of extrinsic motivators will eventually erode intrinsic motivation. Right. So when you think about Pavlov's dog, you know, if you and if you have dogs and um, uh you always train them with a piece of kibble in your hand, then the minute that you ask them to do some kind of behavior without that kibble, chances are they won't do it, right? Because you've trained them that they're wanting that kibble. But that's why, you know, you pet your dog and you love them and you hug them when they do good things because it's more that intrinsic feeling that they get, right? Of, right. oh, this owner loves me. So, um, you know, it, it can. It will just eventually erode a lot of that intrinsic motivation if we're only using that extrinsic. Now, you know, again, does that mean we can't use extrinsic motivators? Heavens no, that's not what I'm saying. Um, sometimes it is helpful, right, to maybe increase somebody's pay um, uh, to retain them or even to attract somebody to your organization. You know, I'm certainly not saying that that's a bad thing. Um, But there needs to be a balance Mm -hmm. between the intrinsic and the extrinsic. Well, I mean, even if you have, you know, I think about my husband and and the company he works with and manages, you know, he's got warehouse guys. And sometimes, you know, it was came time for inventory and who likes that? And especially with the tedious products that he works with. And so, you know, he was like lunch on me, you know, every day that we're doing inventory and he, you know, and that was that extrinsic motivator and it was perfectly placed, right? I need you to do a yucky thing that nobody really wants to do. So pizza or barbecue, I mean, I think for several days he catered in, you know, some kind of thing. So yeah, I mean, it's, if it's consciously and intentionally used for a specific reason, Mm -hmm. but 
I have said this for years and I like you, Brianna, I've gotten rolled eyes and, you know, huffy, you know, but it's never about the money. It, it, if somebody says that to you, there's more to it. That should just be for you as a leader, just a red flag that something else is going on. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And they're tying that wage to how valuable they feel in the environment. Right. And right now it's not compensating them. Right. Right. Kind of still going back that idea, you know, the eat well, if you give me more money, I'm going to feel better. But the feeling doesn't come from that money. The feeling comes from how somebody's treating you. I think of the old Maya Angelou quote, right? People will forget what you said. They'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget the way you made them feel. Right. And so that's probably a really good a message to live by in this world of leadership, you know, with your people. Um, I, the feeling doesn't come from the money. The feeling comes from how you're communicating with them, the culture that you've created, mm-hmm. the coaching, the investment that you're making in your people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, when you think about it, I think um, in that article that you referenced earlier from Gar- from um, Gallup, they they talk about the best predictors of attraction and retention are unrelated to pay. You know, there are things about the working environment. There are things about, you know, um, how satisfied people are with the work that they're doing and are they making a contribution. They're about um, the levels of stress that people may feel in a particular position, you know, um, or how um, do I have a good working team that I work with as opposed to something that, you know, people that I don't want to hang out with. Um, mm-hmm. So it, those things are all unrelated to pay, you know, when we think about uh, those those factors that really attract people to a job or, or um, help people uh, remain within a job. Right. right. Yeah. I, it, I see my, my last client has been um, young, like younger than my own children. Um, and so very new to the workforce and really thinking about his career path. And it's interesting because just like you you mentioned, you know, he's like money, 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 money. And I'm like, okay, so we got that. What else? What else needs to happen in your work environment to either be attracted to you, you know, attracted to you, or that would make you stay. And I love those kinds of conversations when leaders are having them. You know, I call them stay conversations. You know, what three things has to be in place for you to stay here? What three things would make you leave? Mm. And again, rarely um, is it money. You know, it's, it goes back to how much stress they're feeling. Um, in their work environment or, you know, something more kind of personal. Yeah. Um, what kind of recognition do they get? You know, what kind of uh, appreciation for a job well done do they get? Um, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's those small little things that can go such yeah. a long way. Well, and I think it's interesting hearing that, you know, that, that, and I know the age of your children, Ray, so I know that's not my age. So this person must be younger than me. And, um, yes. <laughs> and I, I consider that, I, I think about how we are conditioned to look at work, right? Mm-hmm. So when you when you think about how you look at work, the idea is I go to work, I get a paycheck, and I come home. And I think traditionally, you know that that's what we we consider, right? For so for me to hear that someone younger would see it only as that is that makes sense. But the reality is, we are spending most of our waking day at work. Most of our mm-hmm. our wake our awoke day waking. What is that? <laughs> Most of our waking hours. Waking hours. There we go. 
most of our waking hours at work. And so recognizing that some of those same elements, and I'm going to get all mushy gushy here for a minute, but some of those same things that you really appreciate about your family, or hopefully, you know, can appreciate about your family or the family you've chosen, um, then being able to replicate that in some way in the environment you're spending most of your waking hours in. And we don't think about that because we think work is, you know, it's not home. It's not, and it's supposed to be separate. And maybe I am just here for a paycheck and not to make friends. And I've, I've heard that. And that's a traditional mindset of the workplace. But I guess in my mind, I kind of challenge that idea because frankly, like I want to feel some of the stuff that I feel when I'm with my family, when I'm at work. Well, I think, you know, that conversation reminds me of going way back to the history of work. Yeah. You know, there was a time when we lived in a in manufacturing kind of industrial environment where, you know, we did need people to stand in this manufacturing line and put the screw into this part as it kind of comes down this conveyor belt. And, you know, there's not a lot of meaning behind that, you know, for somebody who's doing that eight hours a day. Um, but that was the jobs back then. But, you know, we've gone way beyond that now. We're, we're asking our employees not just to show up and physically do labor like we asked them to do in the industrial age, we're asking them now to think for themselves. We're asking them to solve very complex problems. We're asking them to work together like they've never had to work together before. You know, you think about a, a, a manufacturing line and, you know, there isn't a lot of, of, of team. I mean, there, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of teamwork, but, um, you know, you got one person doing one job before the product goes down the line. So, um, you know, it's a little different now when we're trying to get the team together to solve very complex problems or to establish a brand new process or um, a new product or whatever it may be. So um, we're asking people to do things differently nowadays than what we have in the past. And I think it, because of that, again, it, it's a lot more of what you're just now talking about. It's more of those relationship skills. It's a lot more of that um uh, you know, those things of, of, I want to feel like I'm making a contribution, you know, which again has nothing to do with pay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think about hiring, right. And I think about identifying as an organization, like what, what values do we share even within our team? Mm. And then are those going to be shared by the people we bring into our team? Um, because that, that sense of belonging, you know, that we, Brianna, like you mentioned, that we get from being, you know, in our families, that since I belong here, like this is, these are my people, this is, I think you've used the word before, um, but is there that sense of belonging and acceptance in the workplace with my work team. And, you know, I've mentioned before that anxiety or mild anxiety is actually great for detailed work like that. We know that that level of anxiety is actually more productive. What you're talking about doing in this more creative age mm -hmm. of work, that a sense of comfort mm -hmm. and safety is actually the emotions that produce more of that type of work. And so it makes sense that people want to feel like they fit in and they belong and they're accepted. And, you know, that, that psychological safety yeah, is actually better if we're in more of those creative, innovative, you know, progressive environments. Yeah. And psychological safety is, I mean, ultimately key, right? I think mm -hmm. in today, because you're right, the work has changed and it's not going backwards. No. You know, and uh, and so what's going to be interesting is to see 
how backward some of the relationships we've already built are going to become, obviously working more uh, regularly in remote environments, how AI is going to affect the belonging, you know, feeling like you belong or teams, you know, teams working together, collaboration, connection. It's going to be interesting to see if we will end up taking steps backward, not because the work's going to go backwards. You know, we're not all going back to the factories, but just because technology is creating some of those barriers in my mm-hmm. mind sometimes to that sense of of connection or belonging interpersonal relationships. So it could yeah. be interesting to see as we move forward. Yeah, you know, and, and how much is the employer's responsibility to create and and maintain that type of culture, but also how much is the employee's responsibility to, you know, find a place that fits right. um, and has shared values and contributes. Um, you know, so I, I, I know we put a lot of onus on the employers right. to create that, you know, wear your jammies to work, bring your dog, you know, here's a beanbag chair, go take a nap, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> as an, But at what point is the employee responsibility for their own, health and well-being Um, because not everybody wants to work in maybe the type of environment that you're you're working in or need need somebody to work in well i think that's what we saw you know i think that's why we hit that great resignation uh during the pandemic is people started as we've mentioned this on other episodes they started reevaluating things yeah and they started recognizing i don't like the way that work is being done here i don't like the systems that have been set up in place or i don't like you know the way my leader treats me um and so there are organizations suffering because of that the hard the hard part for me because we've we've fielded some of these calls sometimes is that sometimes the leadership still doesn't see it. You know, they don't see it as um, as the leader's problem, as we've talked about. Usually when there's these issues with engagement, you know, it goes back to the, the manager or the leader. And so it becomes uh, more of a, oh, well, we're just dealing with the same struggles, everyone. And, and there's not that kind of self-check of, oh, maybe this really is me. Like that, you know, humility coming from that sense of humility there of, OK, something's happening here. What's the common denominator? And, and I'm usually the common denominator, yeah. right, as the leader. Yeah. And yeah. so we, we certainly saw that, though. People, they started deciding to do work different. Well, you know, we hear the term well-being um, being used so much more over the last several years. Um, and I think that's an important thing to think about. You know, as an employee, um, if I am going to spend the majority of my waking life and your in your employee, I certainly want to do that in an organization or within a team environment that, um, you know, does have my best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who does um, look at my well-being as an important um, element to producing great work. Yeah. And yeah. I, want, I do want to touch on what Ray said with that, because talking about this idea of what is the, also the employee's responsibility mm-hmm. in all of this, because I think that we often forget, and we've talked about this on our team um, in itself before, and this is why I love what Ray does at the beginning of our, PT, uh, our, our staff meetings and things where, you know, we go around, we do the high fives and the best ofs. Because part of, I think, the employee's responsibility, too, is to produce some of these things up the chain also. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is it's not always the leadership coming to you, giving you, you know, attaboys and pats on the back and really trying to build up and boost your levels of engagement. 
they need that too. Your leaders need that kind of support too. And so your role in helping uh, create or even continue a culture that, you know, is, is belong, you know, a sense of belonging and a sense of, of connection and all that. Like you have a role in that too. It can't be a me, me, me. There's gotta be an outward expression of it as well. You know, that's interesting that you say that. Um, we recently had to say goodbye to our vice chancellor of yeah. extension and engagement who had been at the university for, um, <sighs> several years. Um, and he was a great leader. I really, yeah. really uh, am going to miss him. And it was interesting that you talk about that because I never saw that man ever get really too emotional because he was always worried about everybody else, you know, being the top person. He was always focused on everybody else throughout the organization. But we, um, on his last day, we went out and um, put little post-it notes uh, with just little messages all over his vehicle. Um, <laughs> Vandalized his vehicle, in other words. <laughs> with sticky notes. It was, it was sticky notes. Yeah. And just we put him on his windows of his vehicle, um, and we all met him outside the door um, when he left, and we gave him a, a standing round of applause. You even made a sign that's you know that was somebody made a sign, and you were holding it that says you know Mizzou loves Marshall. Uh-huh. We walked him to his vehicle to see to because we all wanted to see his reaction to those post-it notes, and you know I saw him get choked up. And, you know, you know, I think and it was because I think he realized because I've heard him say many, many times that the things that really the reason he exists is to serve others and lead others. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure, so when he saw that manifestation of his work on those little post-it notes right yeah. there, um, he needed that, too. Yeah. Right. He yeah. needed that mm-hmm. sense and feeling that, you know what, people have. People appreciated the work that he has done, the leadership that he has offered. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a great point, Brianna, in terms of, you know, going up the chain of command as well as always looking at it from going down the chain of command. Yeah, we were still trying to get him to trade in those purple tennis shoes back for the gold ones. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, you know. yeah. Yeah, you know, it's I don't often have uh, mushy signs around, um, but I do have a sign, um, you know, one of those cute little painted signs and it says the most important things in life aren't things at all Mm -hmm. and you know just it's like you said it's how you've made somebody feel how um you've added value to their life how you've communicated um what they've how they've impacted you um those, those are the exchanges that people are looking for um in exchange for their work. Yeah. You know, and you know, not really the dollar about a lot of that is a lot of it doesn't cost you a cent. Right. Right. It's free. Yeah. You know, a lot of that, uh, a sense of appreciation yep. is free. It doesn't take long to say, uh, give somebody some genuine, um, thank you, you know, sincere right. appreciation to somebody that, that doesn't cost you a cent. Right. Nope. Right. Nope. And sometimes when the market gets really bad with that labor supply and demand, you know, it's those little things that can really offer you a buffer you know, mm-hmm. from having to, um, you know, increase everybody's pay, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let me ask then as we start rounding out this discussion, I've really enjoyed this. Let me just say that, I, you know, we we uh, sometimes come with planned, you know, topics that we want. And sometimes we just come with conversations that we're going to have. <laughs> and this was one of those. And we didn't know where it was going to go. Um, but we love that. And so as we kind of start wrapping it up, do you all have any final thoughts on this particular discussion? I just think, um, you know, look around, tell that person, thank you. Um um, who made your day um, and uh, and help each other, you know, rely on one another. 
Yeah. Don't get so far away that you can't relate to the employee experience Mm -hmm. and all the different touch points um, within your department or um, that affect the employee's life because it's it's never about the money. All right. Well, and on that note, uh, then, Ray, I'm going to let you continue that and sign us off here. All right. Go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Yes.